Hey everybody, John Finn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We're a house church network. We celebrate the gathering of the saints by meeting in homes, and we do it as they did for the first 300 years, and the way that they grew from 120 people at Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire in 300 years. And that is, they took turns hosting, they took took turns who led. It's not sermon-oriented, it's sharing what, what the Lord has on your heart. It could be one verse, it could be prayer for everybody. But either way, you take turns. And so when you outgrow a house, because everyone is used to hosting and uh, and taking turns, you just multiply out like a cell and so on and so on and, and grow that way. So that's uh, what we do. Check out our website. Sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly teaching. It comes out every Friday by email and also my monthly newsletter. It's in those places that we put news of our Zoom meetings, our conferences, uh, things of that nature. So anyway, cwowi.org. Today, asking the question, are you religious or are you living in New Testament realities? And by living in New Testament realities, I mean free from religious outcroppings, the, the things, the forms, the formulas that people are so inclined to get into. And the example I want to use is King David. Uh, before he was king in 1 Samuel 24, David had been anointed to be king, but King Saul was still on the throne. And David was biding his time as he was being chased all over the countryside by King Saul, who wanted to kill him because he wanted to retain the throne. So in 1 Samuel 24, we have the story where, where David and his men are hiding in a huge cave, and King Saul and his men are on the outside, and Saul goes into the cave to use the bathroom. He wants a little privacy. But David and his 600 men are there in the cave. And so King Saul uses the bathroom while he's doing that. In 1 Samuel 24, and you read verses 4, 5, 6, 7, all the way through uh, the passage there, uh, David cuts off the hem of Saul's garment, the hem of his robe. And uh, and then King Saul doesn't notice that as he, as he leaves. And it says David's heart smote him because he cut off the hem of, of Saul's robe. And we wonder at that and we think, okay, he damaged a valuable piece of, of clothing or something. We You know, we don't know. But culturally, it's very important. It's something that takes place today in some uh, Orthodox funerals. When you cut off the, the hem of a person's garment, it's a funeral ceremony. It's, it's thousands of years old. And the, the, because around the fringes is the tassels and, and represents the word of God. And so even to this day in some funerals, they will cut the hem off of the prayer shawl, uh, symbolic of the, of the clothing what David did. Uh, it, it means you're separated from the word of God. Now that you're dead, you no longer have to obey the law of God, the law of Moses. And so you are free uh, from the law. And it's a ceremony just cutting off the hem that says you're a dead person. You're free now. You don't. You, you can be with God. You, you don't have to uh, obey the Mosaic law. So David performed the funeral ritual of on King Saul uh, by by cutting the hem of his garment off. He was trying to give Saul a message. You're a dead man. Just go on. Be, be done with it. And that's why David's heart, it said, smote him, why he was convicted. And that's the difference between religion and and New Testament realities and why I use that as the, as the test, as the gauge. Um, because the Old Testament law measured action, but the New Testament measures the motives of the heart. All right. And so what that means is living under the law was actually uh, not as hard as living under grace, because under the law, you could obey the, the form and the formulas of the law. 
but in your heart, you could still hate your brother. You could you could go and give the trespass offering because you you trespassed, you sinned against your your neighbor. But in your heart, you could still retain the hatred and the anger and the unforgiveness and everything else. But you would go through the the motions, go through the process, and so form. And so religion is like that. Religion has a formula of action that doesn't affect the heart uh, necessarily. Of course, it can be done with a good heart, of course. And David David knew that. He, he obeyed the law of Moses and everything else. But his heart was that he realized that the law was written so that he would, so that a person would judge themselves and live under right motives. And so David actually lived in New Testament realities before the New Testament. Because here he, he did a ceremonial thing in cutting off the hem of Saul's, Saul's clothing, uh, saying, you're a dead man, go on, you're free from the word. But in his heart, he was convicted, and that tells us that that he was living by his heart, living living, uh, you know, not from from the legalism. In fact, David knew the Lord. He wrote Psalm 110, and verse one starts out and says, "The Lord said to my Lord, be you be seated at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool." Uh, he talked about the Lord being the rock. The Lord is my shepherd. All those different things. He walked in New Testament realities. He knew the Lord in the Old Testament times uh, before Christ became conceived in the womb of Mary to become the Lord Jesus. So he knew he knew Christ in the Old Testament. And, and so this is the judge today. Um, you know, judge yourself on, on formula. Are you doing something to impress God? How many of us have said the right thing, made declarations, spoke this, uh, done this, gone to a Wednesday night service for church just because we want to show God that our need is intense, that we are sincere. Uh, we don't go to, say, a Wednesday night church service to receive from the Lord, to get refreshed or anything. In the back of our minds, in our hearts, we're saying, hey, I'm going to go Wednesday night. I don't normally go Wednesday night. I'm going to go to the Wednesday night church service just because I've got this need on Friday and I want to make sure the Lord knows I'm sincere and I really need it. I, maybe it'll put, put it on the front burner for the Lord. you know. And so we do things like that to impress the Lord and we're not living in New Testament realities. Paul talked about to the Galatians in Galatians chapter three, he said, oh, foolish Galatians. He said, who has bewitched you that you would turn from grace to start obeying the law? And then Paul very logically says this, when the Lord does miracles in your midst, does he do it by the reading of the law or by the Holy Spirit? You see, we're supposed to be living in with the Lord in the New Testament realities that we have. And I get back to something that I repeat very often, and I, I'm approaching it from lots of different angles. But here again, I ask you, can you do anything that can improve upon the work of Jesus on the cross? Can you do anything that would add to or enhance or improve Jesus's work on the cross and his resurrection and his ascension? Can you add to the authority to use the name of Jesus? Can you add to the fact that you've been born again into the family, that you've been adopted into the family of God, that Christ lives in you? Is there anything we can do physically? Is there any formula? Can you give enough? Can you attend enough? Can you fast enough? Can you pray enough to improve upon Christ in you? And the answer is no, you can't. There's nothing that you and I can do to improve on the fact that we've been born again, that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Anything that we do merely... Uh, is from the flow of life that we have in us. It's not trying to help God along. He doesn't need our help. He took his only son and used his son as the adoption agency to adopt us to himself. And then once that legality was finished, he caused us to be born again, to become part of his kingdom, to be his children. And, and we're, we're one in the heavenly places in Christ 
with the Father God. And so nothing can improve upon that. But religion wants you to improve. Religion wants you to say, do this and you will move God on your behalf. Do that to, to get his attention. And see, it, you have to resist the urge. The way you do this is you resist the urge to do something out of a re, an external religion appearance. You judge yourself. Before you start to do something, judge yourself. Am I doing this out of fear? Am I doing this because I want to get God's attention? Am I doing this because... Um, because I have this need that's coming up and I want to make sure it's on the Lord's for, uh, front burner, you know, right in front of his attention and everything else. Judge yourself before you do that. So it may be that, 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 uh, somebody listening to me is addicted to quote unquote Christian or other, um, websites that talk about fear, that, that carry fear about this and that conspiracy and everything else. Stop yourself and think, okay, do I need, am I doing this out of my love for the Lord or am I doing this because I have a lust for being informed? I have a fear of that I might miss God. There are ministries out there that say, you've got to tune into our service or else if you don't, the devil may get you. You may open the door for the devil. If you're not tuning into what we're doing, then 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 you're not on top of what the Lord is moving and what he's doing. And folks, you need to judge yourself and say, okay, hold it. Am I in fear? Am I in religiousness? Am I trying to do things out of out of just trying to impress the Lord or, or trying to to do something to get his attention? Am I doing it because I'm afraid? What you do is you check yourself. You say, Father God, I'm going to live from my heart, from the righteousness which I have, from Christ in me. That means I'm going to walk in love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness, patience, meekness, and kindness. I'm going to uh, forsake everything else in order to make allowances for my brothers and sisters in Christ, allowing them to be human, making allowances for their mistakes, walking in love. I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to do any religious act which I would think, uh, which I would do to try to get your attention or anything else. I'm just going to worship you because you're seeking people to worship you from spirit, which means from and, and in truth. That is from from your spirit man, from your innermost being, and in truth, which, which means no ulterior motives. And so I'm going to worship you, and you're going to take care of the bills. You're going to take care of my needs. You've got to take care of my kids, my grandkids, and everything else. I'm not going to do something to try to impress you, to try to move you, to try to, to get your attention. I'm going to walk with you, knowing that if I seek you and your righteousness, everything else will be added. That's how you live. You judge yourself before you act. You examine your heart and you say, am I living out of the New Testament? Like King David, instead of doing the external service of cutting off the hem of the garment and saying, oh, Saul, you're a dead man. Just go on and get, you know, go on and, and die. Am I living in the New Testament realities where, where it says that David's heart smote him in the King James Version. It convicted him that what he had done. Live in the New Testament realities that we have. Don't live by that external form uh, of performance-oriented. If you're in performance-oriented Christianity, you're not walking in New Testament realities. So judge yourself on that. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Visit our website, cwowi.org. Also realize I've done a, a long interview about my time in heaven uh, on the Deep Believer channel uh, on YouTube and uh, completed another one that'll be posted in the next two or three weeks as I'm recording this. Uh, so anyway, visit us and, and uh, hope this has been a blessing to you. Live out of your heart for the love of the Lord and for the love of your fellow man. And don't do religious things that you think are going to be 
constructed so God can better do something for you. Just live from your heart, walk with him, talk conversationally with him, and you'll find that is quite enough that he is quite capable of taking care of everything else because you cannot improve on Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, God bless.